sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. All right, it is a Wednesday here on Fantasy Sports Today. So that means we check in with our doc, pro football doc, Dr. David Chow, on all of the injuries in fantasy football. You may need some of his advice to make the right call in your ad drop this week. But of course, we're leading off this hour as we did the last hour. The Los Angeles Dodgers are the World Series champions. They can hoist that trophy and certainly enjoy it. But of course, today, we like to second guess. We like to look back, Joe. And naturally, today, most are saying Game 6 was lost by the Rays as opposed to won by the Dodgers. And I understand it. The sentiment is there. You don't know what would have happened. Blake Snell could have stayed in the game, could have given up four home runs for all we know. Maybe Cash would have let him give up five. I mean, yeah, that's a little far-fetched, but it, it could have happened. That's the nature of second-guessing. And on a Monday morning quarterback, which we play for fantasy, we're playing it today on World Series Wednesday. <laughs> I like that, World Series Wednesday. Uh, here's a notion, too. Uh, how about the Rays offense? Where were you? Let's not hang everything on Kevin Cash and hang him out to dry because, you know what, you give up three or four runs in a game, that's a winnable game. You only score one or two runs in a game, it's a lot harder to win a game. So, you know what, I think it's a little bit too much heat on Kevin Cash. That's what I'm going to say. A little bit too much heat on the bullpen and all the other stuff. You got to score some runs, as we astutely learned yesterday uh, from one of the clips. I, I forget, I think it was Austin Meadows saying, you know, if I think if we score more runs than the other team, we have a good chance of winning. He was right. Who would have known? That, that is the secret to winning baseball games. But you got to put the ball in play more. You got to score some more runs. And then you don't have these kind of issues. So you know what? You win and lose as a team, and the Rays collectively lost that game. Not just Kevin Cash making that decision. I don't think that's completely fair. And the further we get away from it, the more I blame I want to put on the offense. How about that? Yeah. No, I, I think that's fair, too. I mean, they had a lot of solo home runs. Brandon Lau hit a few. And and they had their moments, but there wasn't a guy outside of a Rosarina that scared you in their lineup throughout the series, six games. And I could even go further back than that in the Rays series against Houston. They they just they didn't have a great off. Look, every once in a while, Kiermaier showed up and G Man Choi showed up, and and look, some players did show up for the Rays. I don't want to just go dark completely on them, but you're right. The offense didn't perform at a high level. And uh, look, to win a World Series game, is it unreasonable to think you need to score three runs? Well, that would have tied the game, at least put them in the extra innings. They didn't even get two. So it's part of the conversation as well. Okay, uh, Dodgers are the favorite, by the way, as we look at our headlines, are the favorite to repeat in 2021. Should be no surprise. They were the favorites going into the season. They were the favorites to go into next season. Maybe we should ask ourselves who's a favorite in the American League. That may be the better question. Trevor Lawrence to stay in college? Quote, who knows? Oh, come on. No one's buying that. Trevor Lawrence is the first overall pick in the NFL draft. He's not coming back. There have been precedent for this of players who did go back for another year because they love college. Given 2020, I don't see that happening with Trevor Lawrence. I think he's coming out after the year. Uh, Mississippi State running back Kylan Hill, very talented running back, on the other hand, has opted out. He's entering the 2021 NFL draft. And uh, Augusta National is going to host college game day during the Masters. That's pretty cool as well. So looking forward to having the Masters coming up soon. And, of course, that was postponed from back in April. But, Joe, with the Dodgers being the favorite to repeat in 2021 in the National League, who, who's the favorite in the American League for you? Is mm. it Tampa Bay? No, 
No, I don't. I don't think it can be. I think it will be the Yankees again. I think they will. Wait, and and the Yankees will do something in the off season. Absolutely, whether it's a Trevor Bauer signing or something else to make them feel like the favorites again. So yeah. to me, I think that's the route I would go. Uh, I don't know if you can necessarily look to the West right now. Um, the Dodgers are plus six fifty, and I think the uh, the Yankees are plus seven fifty, according to Brett. Uh, so there you go. So right off the bat, those are the favorites from both leagues. And and like Houston right now, I mean, that's a tough sell because uh, the health of the it's pitching gonna be staff hard and also the turnover. Yeah, yeah it's no good. By the way, uh, tell me again how Trevor Lawrence is going to go back to college when he can go cash in. <laughs> what, what kind of crazy? Why would, I don't care if you have to play for the Jets. I don't care who you have to play for. Who would do that? Especially watching Tua last year and what could have been. Uh, the end of, of a career. How could anyone, anyone, Trevor Lawrence go, look, I know playing for the Jets might not be the most exciting thing for some people. And it might not be the Jets when all is said and done. But, I mean, come on. Going back to college, what are you, crazy? Especially COVID going on and other things. Please, there's zero chance of Trevor Lawrence not going out. Zero. Yeah. In my opinion. It, it, there, there, isn't, there isn't a ton of precedent for this. The other thing that's changed is because of the finances of being the number one overall pick and also the prestige of being the number one overall pick, this idea that Trevor Lawrence would pull an Eli Manning or something like that, I think that's out too. Uh, these really? guys want that to you think be, is out? Yes, I think that's completely out. I, I think, I think mm. the number one pick is so prestigious now to have that and have it for the rest of your life and to get paid like it right off the top, the number one gets okay, well, paid well, so here's, much. Here's a question. Here's a question. Could he pull that? And, and this is great. I didn't even thought about this. Yet. I haven't even gotten there. Boy, what a busy day today is. But what, what if he could make a make his demands known? It's like, I don't want to play for Team X. Let's just call them the Jets because it's fun. And then all of a sudden, another team has to trade into that slot and then takes him number one. Would that be instead of the draft and trade to solidify that, the trading up and the Jets trading back and getting more picks or something like that? I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility of what Trevor Lawrence could demand, right? Uh, look, any, anything is a possibility in sports, and you and you always have to leave your Michael Jordan 99.9. you got to leave that .01. I think you always got to mm-hmm. do that, but I don't think so. It's just my – I think Trevor Lawrence will say boo, and he'll be the number one overall pick for whoever takes him in the draft. And the Jets clearly are the favorite, but <laughs> – Atlanta and Minnesota are right there. I was say, man, dude, could you imagine? Yeah. I'll tell you, man. I mean, it's, it's it is very close. And both of those teams with big time money invested in older quarterbacks. That's going to be a fat. That's the real fascinating thing. What do you do there? Our injury updates with Dr. Chow is next. Stay on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome Hello, back to I'm Fantasy Sports Chow, Today. AKA it's time pro for our weekly doc. check-in on injuries with our pro football doc, with Dr. Chargers David Chow. You can follow him on Twitter at ProFootballDoc. Read his columns each and every week, of course, on OutKick, and also catch his podcast where he talks about all of the injuries in the NFL. Dr. Chow, thanks again for being with us here on this Wednesday. Good to see you again. Thanks for having me, as always. 
Well, let's start off with the big news of the fantasy football day for sure, which was Tuesday, as uh, Christian McCaffrey back for the Carolina Panthers. He has now been activated, and I'm wondering from your perspective, uh, given the nature of injuries in the NFL this season and in fantasy, Dr. Chow, we're going to have to play Christian McCaffrey no matter what. I guess the question that I would have for you is, is this the kind of injury where he can just immediately come in and be the guy that he was? I would say, look, if you have Christian McCaffrey, obviously you have to follow it along. But uh, don't take the cheese on this one. He's been out since week two. He Three-week absence, two, week three, four, and five. He could have come back last week. It didn't. They could have opened up a 20-day window, which they just opened up. He's not on the active roster yet. The coaches said he needs a full practice in order to play. He says he's hopeful to go. But the reality is... This has been over a month. They've been conservative with him all along. He's their franchise guy. They're doing fine with Mike Davis. Are you really going to throw him out there after a day or two of practice? This looks like a week nine return, and even then probably a more graduated return in terms of uh, what's happening rather than this Thursday against Atlanta. Yeah, it's a quick turnaround here for him, and uh, certainly it's going to be a quick turnaround for Seattle this coming Sunday. They played Sunday night, Dr. Chow. They're already down injuries with Chris Carson, uh, Travis Homer. I mean, I don't know what to think of Carlos Hyde's injury. And at this point, DJ Dallas is the only name I recognize on that roster that can carry a ball this Sunday. Which way do we go here? Well, I think you need to sort it out a little bit. Obviously, uh, Pete up in Seattle is always a little optimistic in terms of what's going on. I think you can count on Chris Carson going to miss some time. So the question is, is it Homer? Is it Hyde? We have to look at is a truly hamstring tightness and, the, and a little bit of tightness and no real strain, or is there more to it? Uh, knee contusion, assuming it was just against the ground like Travis Homer, is more likely to go than a hamstring, but we need a little more time to sort that out. All right, let's stick with the running backs and move down the coast to San Francisco, where uh, running the running backs have been great. Every single one of them, Dr. Chow, <laughs> for the 49ers. It really hasn't mattered whether it's it was Breida last year or Mostert last year. Uh, you know, Tevin Coleman, even in the whoever they have had running has had success. Uh, but now the question is, with Jeff Wilson potentially being out, what are we doing here? I mean, is this a guy that's going to miss this week? It potentially. Who could be running for uh, for San Francisco? And I'm hearing Coleman maybe uh, back this week. So I'm in all, all different directions here on this one. Yeah, well, you know, you're a baseball guy. It's World Series, you know, still this week. And I'll give you a Padres analogy since you're right. The, whoever the 49ers run seem to have success. It's sort of like no matter who the Padres have as a closer, they seem to be successful. Very good right? one. And, I like it. <laughs> and so – Look at this year, you know, uh, obviously uh, Mostert is out again right now and injured reserve. Tevin Coleman may or may not be back, but I doubt if when he comes back that he'll be 100% load. And then, of course, uh, uh, Jarek McKinnon's really not 100% yet from his knee injury. and Who knows if he'll ever be from two years ago. And now Jeff Wilson Jr. comes back while scoring his third touchdown, suffers a high ankle sprain by video and so forth. So he's going to miss some time. Mm. So you're down to uh, Jamichael Hasty right now. And you know what? He doesn't look bad. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, I, I've rostered him in a league, and, and and look, I may end up having to play him this week. I'm, it's it's possible that that is the case. Uh, okay, over to over to quarterback real quick, and, and I want your analysis, and I know that this is a dicey one, and it's a tougher one, but you watch games like nobody else does. To put it bluntly, is Cam Newton hurt, Dr. Chow? Is something wrong with Cam Newton? Because he certainly looked sharp before he was out. 
And in watching at least the highlights, you watched it closer to me, but in watching the highlights, a lot of those balls hitting the ground, and when they weren't hitting the ground, they were going to the other team. So what, what did you make of Cam Newton? Well, he, he doesn't look comfortable right now, but here's the thing. I think it's an easy jump to say it's COVID-related or something with a shoulder or a footwork or what have you. I'd have to leave it to some of the football people to talk about his mechanics. But let me tell you something. The guy he replaced, Tom Brady, many say is a goat. What did he do when he joined Tampa? He went and practiced with his team all summer long, essentially. Cam Newton was a late signing. Hasn't had the ability to practice with his team. Goes out with the COVID. And his team really hasn't had much practice. So this is a guy who doesn't, I mean, the game of football is not that easy. Schemes are not that easy. And I would almost say before you jump that it's just COVID or injury related, you got to look at, he doesn't have a lot of snaps in that offense right now. And yes, he looked better early on, but remember, remember he was also running a lot more early on. Maybe that's what they need to get back to. All right, let's go over to Tampa Bay. Two players I want to talk about here. One that I know and one I'm going to put you on the spot again. I'm going right back to the well where we went last week. I'm going again this week. Chris Godwin with a finger injury apparently is going to miss this week. Dr. Chow, I asked you about Mike Evans last week. I'm going to ask you again. He didn't factor at all into the game. I'm a very frustrated Evans fan, and I need some <laughs> clarity on what's going on here. Uh, I mean, look, I watched the game. It doesn't even look like he's getting targeted in this game. But is he healthy or not? One more time. <laughs> well, I, I, he's a week healthier this week. I mean, two weeks ago, he did more than I expected. Last week, I'll admit he did less than I expected, right? I mean, proving that he's human, I guess. Uh, you know, if you have Mike Evans on your uh, season-long fantasy team, I don't see how you don't play him, especially with Godwin with the finger. Yeah, I mean, uh, had surgery. It's not impossible for him to return to the lineup this week, but missing a week makes sense before you can, you know, buddy tape it and come back. So that means more targets for, for Mike Evans, and he's a week healthier. Yeah, no, that's for sure. Uh, any other injuries catch your eye this week? I, I felt like this was finally one week where a lot of people weren't freaking out in terms of injuries this week. Well, you know, obviously Odell Beckham in Cleveland, Landon Collins tore his Achilles, so there's still a number of injuries here. And obviously Andy Dalton, I mean, I think that's a tough turnaround. Ben DiNucci might be the guy there. But I think you got to, the podcast this week, I talk about injuries begetting injuries. And look at the offensive lines across the league, from Dallas to the Eagles. Look at the wide receiver for the Eagles, the running backs for the 49ers. And this week, watch out here, uh, they're potentially... Uh, the Bengals may lose three offensive starters from last week to this week. So that's something to watch out for, too. Yeah, I, I noticed in last week's game they were down to their final offensive linemen they had mentioned during that game, too. Do you, do you anticipate Mixon being back? I know that there were some that speculated that Joe Mixon could miss two weeks because, simply put, he missed last week's practice. I know that you have a better education on that is, is that is that accurate do you think that that is well case? you know i will have to admit i thought well since he finished the game and he's been dancing on the sidelines and so forth that he would have played this last week so i don't know that uh, i have a great beat on when he's going to return i think you have to watch the practice reports and what have you i don't think it's an extended absence but it certainly makes you nervous when the team starts talking about week to week instead of day to day yeah, the, the last thing that I would end with is you mentioned Danucci, Dallas, and that's the Sunday night game between Dallas and Philadelphia. Uh, I mean, is, is it 
plausible for Dallas to bring somebody else in with these new COVID rules? I mean, could they even have somebody on their team? I know Antonio Brown's having to wait, but that's a little bit of a different scenario. It's just hard for me to fathom that that is the only and and sole option that they're going to have this week. Well, I had the fortune of uh, on Sirius, on my hit this week, Todd Haley was hosting, and I asked him, the former head coach and offensive coordinator, look, forget the COVID protocols. How feasible is it to have someone practicing separate from the team or bringing a guy in? And he just laughed, right? I mean, I don't care how experienced you are. To bring a guy in this week and have him play this week is very, very difficult, even if you are Peyton Manning. It's just very, very difficult. So to get a guy off the street to come in, even if the COVID protocols, you could clear them, and I don't believe you can clear the COVID protocols, you got what you got at this point in time. Wow. Yeah. Well, I guess that's what we got on Sunday night. Good luck. You can watch that one for me, Dr. Chow. Report back next week. I look forward to that. Hey, uh, Dr. Chow, have a great week. Thank you again for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks. Uh, Catch Dr. Chow's podcast, everything else over at OutKick, at ProFootballDoc on Twitter, ProFootballDoc.com. We'll take a quick time out. Be back with more fantasy sports today. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back. It's our final conversation on the 2020 World Series. The Dodgers are champions, and of course, A lot was said after the game yesterday. Now, most of it was said, Joe, around 2 o'clock in the morning. So I didn't expect (laughs) you to stay up for that. No. But I'm hoping you made it to the end of the game. I saw Urias. I got to see it. I got to see the whole thing there. It did. But no, not 2 o'clock in the morning. What are you, crazy? That would be me getting up in the middle of the night, more likely, than it would be staying awake until at this point. I don't know. I guess I'm just old now. It's fine. But uh, it's all right. I'm at peace with my old age. Okay. Well, listen, you know, going to sleep early, waking up early, nothing wrong with that. I do the same hey, thing. 6 a.m.? Yeah. yeah, but you, you stay up late and get up early. See, I don't know. That, I don't um, know how you do no, that. No, not necessarily. It just depends what on... What time on, are you up? I'm up at on. 6. I'm up at 6. Kids need breakfast and school stuff and all that stuff. I'm up at 6. What time are you up every morning? I would say 7. Yeah, yeah all right. So seven. there you go. So there's the difference. There it is. But, I mean, my there she goes. starts school until 8.30, so there's no reason to really get up any earlier than that. What time do your kids start? Uh, well, the early, the youngest starts at 8.30, but, you know, I got to get up. I got to get breakfast stuff. I got to do things here for other work stuff that I do here besides sports grid. Believe it or not, there are a few other things, and I got to get those things done at certain times. So, yeah, I think that I think that's the difference. But I, I will stay up late for a party, and the World Series was a party, so I did stay up and watch it. I was glad that I did. And I got to be honest with you, I keep going back to the same thing. I know we're going to hear Kevin Cash here in a second, but I, I think the more perspective we get, the less I want to hang anything on Kevin Cash, the more I want to hang it on the offense. I'm sorry. You can't win game score in a run. You just can't do it. Period. End of story. Yeah, look, he did the same thing he's been doing uh, for the last few years in, in mm-hmm. St. Petersburg slash Tampa Bay. After the game last night, Cash clearly was asked the question if he pulled out Snell too early lineup the Dodgers features as potent as any team in the league 
Personally, I felt Blake had done his job and then some. Uh, Mookie coming around for the third time through. Uh, I value that. Uh, I, I totally respect and understand the, the questions that come with it. Uh, Blake gave us every opportunity to win. He was outstanding. They're not easy decisions. Um, and that's where I came to the decision. I felt it was best after the guy got on base. Uh, Barnes hit the single. Uh, didn't want Mookie seeing Mookie or Seeger seeing Blake uh, a third time. It's that third time through. That that's like the new thing in baseball, mm-hmm. right? Like it was always the bridge to the ninth, and you know who the setup guys were to the ninth. But the thing that's happened the last few years, Joe, I don't know what is it been five years? Maybe that's a little long, but two yeah. or three years. Two or th- is three third at least, time yeah. through. Yep, third time through is the thing that that the managers say now. For whatever reason, they believe, and there's got to be data to back it up, or else they would. Oh, there's a lot of data. That- Look, there's a ton of data to back it up there, and and the data is twofold. It's the pitcher is more tired because he's in the fifth inning or whatever inning you're into, so he's thrown eighty something pitches, or and both of the two hitters start to get more comfortable with a guy in the release point and all those other things. I mean, look, hit, hitting is very, you know, base thing is comfortability, right? You can have at bats against anybody. You're going to start to see them a little bit better and understand it. Unless of course that guy's Randy Johnson, then you can have 5,000 at bats. It doesn't really matter. But yeah, I think that's part of it. And I understand all of the things that Kevin Cash is saying, but how can we kill Kevin Cash for doing the same thing that got them there? And that that's kind of tough because in game seven, I said here, I said, I was screaming at the TV when Charlie Morton came out. It was the right call. They won the game, right? This is what they do. So yeah. offense has got to show up. Enough of this whole, like, it's it's Kevin Cash taking him out. That was a bad move. Yeah, it wasn't a bad move. It wasn't a good move. Of course not. But you got to score runs. I'm sorry. The other part of that, of course, is the starting pitcher for the Tampa Bay Rays, Blake Snell, former Cy Young Award winner. It was very obvious when he was pulled he wasn't happy. And I won't I'm not able to say what he said on television. You could watch what? his mouth and understand no, what he you said. Sure you don't want to give, give it a try. I'm going to pass try. on that. Yeah, okay. I want to be back tomorrow. So I'm going to pass okay. on that. Right. But I'll let Blake Snell tell his story as to how he felt after being told he was coming out yesterday. No, I mean, definitely disappointed, upset. Um, you know, I don't know. I just want the ball. I felt good. I felt I did everything I could to, you know, prove my case to stay out there. Um, and then for us to lose, you know, it just it sucks. Um, yeah, it's not. I mean, I don't really know what to say. You know, I just I I want to win and I want to win the World Series and that's the goal. So for us to lose, uh, yeah, I mean, it just sucks. I mean, I'm not gonna question him. I mean, he's he's a hell of a manager, so I'm not gonna question him. Uh, I voice my opinion and. Yeah, I can only look forward to, you know, the offseason, what I'm going to accomplish this offseason to get ready to, you know, be the best me I can be for, for next year. But we came up short, um, and the only thing you can do from this point is get better and focus on what, you know, what I can do to be better for next year. This year is over with. Uh, congrats to the Dodgers. You know, they, they, they played better than us. Yeah, and I think that for Snell, it's a really good way to go out, Joe. And and he wasn't fantastic in the postseason, but the strikeout numbers were really up there. Mm-hmm. And if he's healthy in 2021, for our purposes in fantasy, he'll be a very high pick, probably a top 10, top 15 pitcher, I would think. Health is is the issue with Snell for sure. But as you could tell, clearly, 
what pitcher is going to do a press conference after the game and say, yeah, that was the right call. I wanted to come out. It's never going to happen. Of course not. Of course not. And, and look, Blake Snell's probably a 1A number two starter in fantasy next year. And you're right. Blake Snell does carry some injury risk as well. He also carries some upside with the strikeouts. And Blake Snell will be right back there in all those conversations. And, uh, you know, look, I get I get where the guy's coming from. And it's like the chicken and the egg. Because if you don't train these guys to go six and seven innings, of course, the stats are going to look bad the third time through a lineup. If we are continuously training for the sprint, not the marathon, how can we ever expect these numbers and these trends to turn around? We keep limiting pitchers and limiting them. And then we all say, well, look at the numbers here in the fifth inning. And the, all of a sudden, you're 100 pitches in or third time through the lineup. They're not very good. Well, it's because they're not used to throwing 120. They're used to throwing 80 to 100. So, of course, those stats are going to look worse. And, of course, you're going to get these trends. And then you end up ma- managing to the trend that you create, which is, I know, kind of like a deep thought that I just threw out there. So I'm going to sit back and, and think about that and take that deep thought in, but I don't know. I don't know how you get out of that vicious cycle. Yeah, no, it's not easy when, again, teams like Tampa Bay, they win a lot, too, when they make these moves. So it does make sense. Uh, as far as turning to the Dodgers is concerned, their first World Series since 88, and Dave Roberts, after the game, was asked about the history of the Dodgers and just no World Series since then, and if the burden is now off on this version of L.A. You know, those guys from the 80s, um, the guys prior, you know, obviously Tommy, Oral, um, all these guys, uh, Ron Say, uh, Boomer, these guys have all been great and supportive to us, uh, Gibby. But to have our own moment, um, I, I think, um, is, is great for the city of Los Angeles, great for the Dodgers. And I think they're happy, too. I know they're happy. So, um, you know, I, I, I mean, I guess burden's a word, but I'm just happy that uh, we finally did it. City of Los Angeles here, too. Think about that. Lakers, Dodgers, now the Rams are going to be Super Bowl champions, right? No, probably not. Or the Chargers. Well, probably not them, too. But at least the city of L.A., they've got a lot to a tough year to celebrate, but good year for sports in Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Without a doubt. And look, I think at least if you're the Chargers, you feel really good about your future. I mean, if I'm looking at Herbert right now, I think, okay, we got a franchise quarterback. Let's go. Let's do this. Let's fix a couple things. You get Melvin Ingram healthy, but I don't want to get too much into football here as a baseball segment. But yeah, LA sports right now is about as good as it gets. Yeah, you were going off the edge there a little bit. I was. Okay. Yeah, there we go. Okay, so uh, Justin Turner uh, had a COVID positive test, as has been reported and ended up coming out of the game early and then back on the field late to celebrate with his teammates, including taking a picture with his teammates, being positive for COVID-19. Mookie Betts, the Dodgers outfielder, was asked whether or not Turner should have been with them uh, on the field at the end of the game. Uh, I don't know. I think he said the photo. I, I don't, I mean, he's part of the team, you know. No, forget all that. You know, he's part of the team. You know, we can't, he, he, we're not excluding him from anything. We'll go to Alana Rizzo. Alana? All right, so a short answer there from Mookie Betts. If you want a longer answer on the situation with Justin Turner, their general manager and uh, vice president of baseball operations, Andrew Friedman, talked about how exactly things transpired with Turner. Yeah, I mean, I think the people who were on the field were people that he had been around and with masks and staying distance. And, again, I haven't seen the footage per se, but, you know, I think – from his standpoint, him having a chance to take a picture with the trophy was incredibly important and meaningful to him. Um, and, you know, obviously from our standpoint, the contact tracing and figure out, you know, who's been around him and the test results are all going to be 
incredibly important from this point moving forward. Um, it's hard for me to say specifically about the on-field because I don't, I didn't see everything that happened or didn't. Um, and so obviously we'll, you know, figure out more as we go. Turner today, Joe, is being condemned by a lot of people, for sure, for coming back uh, onto the field, not wearing a mask, being around teammates, being around a lot of the family members who have been in the bubble. And and look, this is such a politicized uh, virus already that, I mean, it, it, everyone is either one side or the other on it, it almost feels like. But regardless of that, I think for me where it really hits home is, look, we understand where we are as a country with this. We understand there's still no vaccine for this. But the one thing that does bother me a little bit is the notion that it wasn't just the teammates Joe, that were on the field. It was also family members, too. I know people have talked about Dave Roberts, who had cancer. He was standing right next mm -hmm. to him. And look, you can certainly everyone is entitled to have their opinion on the virus. But I just wonder, for me, uh, you know, not knowing who is on that field in terms of family. Uh, I mean, I suppose it's it's be on the field at your own risk. But, man, that's just uh, a tough way to go out, I think. It is. It puts a damper on otherwise wonderful moments. Like we can't have nice things in 2020, no matter how hard we try. Uh, I, there's only one side, as far as I'm concerned, to be on with all this, and it's called science. Because right now we're in our highest peak ever, if you can believe that. And we've talked about it. Florida's twice as high as New York was, and I couldn't believe where New York was. But look, I know we're going to get into this more. This is not an easy thing because you want Justin Turner to go out there and celebrate and have that moment. But like you said, there's other people on the field. There's, who knows, pregnant women. There could be also be uh, children on the field. A lot of things here to digest. Fantasy reality is next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, welcome back. A little fantasy reality as we end our show. Before we do that, Joe, I know another big week in the NFL is coming up. Tell us what's coming up here on Sports Grid Sunday morning for people who are getting ready for another week of fantasy football. Well, it's going to be a wild week eight. There's no doubt about that. And fantasy game day right here on Sports Grid is going to have you on lockdown. Matt Stryker, Eric Young, and myself are going to take you through the day in FanDuel, the day in DFS, your season-long starts and sits, guys that might be there on the waiver wire to plug and play. We got it all for you, all the injuries, all the breakdowns, and all the fun. And that is a, a wild, raucous group. Let me tell you, we have a good time there. As much fun as you could possibly have at 8 in the morning, that's how much fun we're having. So go check us out 8 a.m. Eastern every Sunday right here on Sports Grid. Get on the grid, baby, and get your Sunday off to the right foot. Yep, for sure. Check that out. That'll be Sunday morning right here on Sports Grid and also on SportsGrid.com. That's the way you can catch all of our videos, audio, everything. There was so much going on at SportsGrid. I wish I could tell you everything about it, but we only have a short <laughs> segment. So SportsGrid.com. Just go to our website, check everything out, let us know. By the way, if you're watching our show on YouTube, if you wouldn't mind, give us a like. Also, subscribe to the show. Turn your notifications to on as soon as the shows are done. We send them over to YouTube. You can watch them on demand. Okay, first question for Fantasy or Reality. Let's get started. AJ Hinch, who was let go by the Astros. Alex Cora, who was let go by the Red Sox, will both be big league managers, Joe, in 2021. It's open season on managers. It's open season for free agents. We know that there are a couple of spots open, 
Boston is open. Detroit is open. The White Sox spot is open. Hinch and Cora take two of those three. Fantasy or reality? <laughs> uh, I think it should be reality. I think they should both go. Uh, once again, you know, I kind of look at this whole thing. Everybody's heard me talk about it. Most people don't agree with me, and that's fine. But, yes, uh, they compromise their integrity a bit, but it doesn't mean they're not good baseball men. So they should be reality, but I think it's going to be fantasy. Uh, I think that Boston would like to just go and pretend like this year never happened and let's just get Cora back and let's just get Chris Sale back and let's pretend like 2020 was just like, what? What are you talking about? I don't remember anything about 2020. What year was that? No, no, it never happened. Don't you see? Look, look over here. This is the Red Sox. This is the Red Sox. Go back to, to 2019. Yes, yes, 2021. We just skipped right over. But I think one of them might have to settle at some point. And again, I think Cora might have the better shot here. Just get his old job back personally. But to me, I think that uh, Hinch might have to be a bench coach or somewhere else first. And I, it's just my feeling. I think this stain is going to follow him a little bit longer than this one year, personally. Uh, I just think that's somehow, unfortunately, the way baseball works sometimes, which I don't think is right. I think it's a little unfortunate. I think you do the bad thing, you go to your timeout, and when timeout is over, you forgive everybody and you give them a second chance. And look, both these guys are deserving, very talented guys. They're great at what they do. They're wonderful managers, and they certainly would benefit a lot of organizations. But I think it's a tough sell to bring them in right now still. I think it's too fresh in some people's minds. Maybe one, but not both. That's just my take. But you are way more plugged into this than I am. I think somebody's going to have to end up being a bench coach or get another job somewhere else first before the full redemption cycle happens, which is unfortunate. But I think, true. what do you think, Greg? Yeah, I, I think this is also fantasy. I don't think both will be managers. I think one of the two will have a shot. I can't tell you whether it's Hinch or Cora, but I think they they will. Uh, the, the the way where I would disagree is I don't, and it could happen, but I don't think either will be a bench coach. I think that the view may be okay. Let me just sit out another year, and just like every year in Major League Baseball, there are going to be five, six jobs, four jobs that are open. Uh, sit out, you know, kind of wait like Joe Girardi did. Uh, eventually pick the job that's good for you. Like when Girardi came back and he managed the Yankees, mm -hmm. took him a couple of years. So I, I think that if it's, if it is Hinch, I think that's what Hinch will do. I think he waits, waits for a good situation and then jumps back in. Uh, your, your comment is plausible. He, he could do that, but he could also be viewed as somebody if an organization brings in as the guy in waiting. And I don't know that you want to do that to a manager right now either. That's so, fair. Uh, I thought I, the same I, thing I, when I said it. I said that's kind of dangerous because, yeah. well, there's Hinch. But maybe that's a situation where you look at or somebody who, you know, is on the last year of a deal and you think you might have the next guy. At least you can get him now, get him in the organization and then kind of hedge your bets a little bit. It might not be the greatest situation Ooh. for the guy at the top, but it might be a better long term situation for the organization as a whole. Yeah, it's really interesting to hear Tony LaRusse as a possibility for the White Sox. That seems to be picking up steam. I, I'm shocked that that's actually maybe going to happen. But it looks like in the next few days we're going to get clarity on that one too. Okay, now let's move on to probably the hottest topic moving forward uh, in baseball, which is Justin Turner, who, as we mentioned a few minutes ago, tested positive for COVID-19, was pulled from the game, but then found his way onto the field at the end to celebrate with his teammates there are going to be a lot of people who are going to feel strongly one way or the other on this, and I get it, but fantasy or reality, Joe, that he should face a 2021 suspension for coming back on the field and celebrating. Fantasy or reality? I'm going to say fantasy. I don't think you should suspend him. This is really tough, man. This is everyone's little boyhood dream. You're a baseball player. You get to win the World Series, and now you can't. And look, let's put it in the context of which it happened, right? The context is 
the dude was on the field already. The guy had been in the clubhouse all day, and then they pulled him out of this game because of the second positive test. Now, look, I understand Dave Roberts wanted to put his best guys out there, so maybe he created a situation that was doomed from the start, and maybe that's a problem. But once he was already in that game, how do you tell this guy, no, 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 your team, your brothers, who you just went through this crazy season with and all these losses with the last couple of years, these heartbreaking losses that can bind you all together just as much as winning. And now you can't be out there on the field with everybody else. You can't be out there celebrating this glorious moment. And I, I understand and I'm okay with him being out on the field. It's outside. It's okay. And there were lots of pictures of him and lots of video of him wearing his mask. And he took the mask off for the team photo, which I think was a bad look on him. I think it was inconsiderate. But all of a sudden, he has exposed a lot of other people. But the Dodger organization allowed this to happen. And I know that's also hard to say because you just won the World Series. And you're trying to celebrate and have joy at the same time. You're trying to be concerned about this other thing going on. It is a tough spot. I don't think he should be suspended at all. If you want to fine him, okay. It's only money. And for guys like this, money is not nearly as important as that moment. I think that moment is everything for these guys. So that's my take on it. And and it's a complicated thing, like everything else. You know, when these things happen, there's more than just one layer. It's like this onion. You keep pulling it back and pulling it back. And eventually everybody's miserable and crying because nobody knows exactly what the hell to say. But all I can say is this. You don't want to rob this guy of this moment. And as long as you could go out there and somehow celebrate responsibly, which I don't know if that's possible. I don't know, Craig, where are you at with this? This is a tough one for me. I don't think he should get any repercussions. Do you think the Dodgers should get any repercussions for allowing him to be out there? Yeah, and more will have to be investigated on this for sure. I would say mm -hmm. fantasy, he should not receive a suspension for next year. But I would also like to say that when anyone tests positive for COVID-19, immediately there, and in this case, it could be Major League Baseball, immediately there, the questions are asked uh, in terms of contact tracing. Where have you been? Where have you gone? What have you done? And the only thing that would change my opinion on this, Joe, would be as if it was found that Justin Turner lied and said that he was nowhere when he really went somewhere. Uh, at that point, then I think that I could warrant a suspension of some kind. I mean, maybe a short one or, or something like that. But uh, the reality is, is that if he, if you tell the truth to investigators and say, basically, it was very innocent and I went to get a Starbucks or something like that. Uh, I know the NBA bubble is a little bit different than Major League Baseball's bubble, but there's no question, Joe, that something is off with him testing positive here and no positive test for 57 straight days in Major League Baseball. So I'm not going to pin it on him because I don't know the truth and we need to find out the truth. But if it did come out that he did break the protocol and mm -hmm. put everybody else in jeopardy, then, yeah, I mean, he's going to have to face a suspension for me. That's in, fair. In, in That's fair. That's fair. With, with the information we have now, it's a tough sell. But perhaps if we yeah, get no, more yeah. and it shows out. Sure, yes. But I, I just know and from the Marlins situation. Is it, is it seven? You remember like, when the what, Marlins, they the went number? to strip club and this and that and all that nonsense. Right. Like, look, I mean, those right. were all suspendable offenses and the Titans went through it too. But until, the, until you get to the bottom of what exactly happened, I don't think that you can use that word suspension. But contact tracing okay. is very important. And uh, I'm going to guess, I'm only speculating that that the Dodgers and Major League Baseball thought this was a false positive or else they would have never let him go back on the field. And so it's like you, you're, you're connecting dots here and thinking, okay, they talked to Turner and Turner's in the bubble with everybody else, no positive tests for 57 days. How all of a sudden is Justin Turner positive for COVID-19? It makes no sense. Ah, it must be a false positive. Now all of a sudden it is a positive. You're running out on the field, grabbing the guy, getting him off the field. 
And, mm-hmm. and basically the World Series got saved by the Dodgers winning or else we'd be waiting days to play game uh, seven. So, And luckily, because of the shift, you have more social distancing in baseball nowadays. Oh, very funny. Good one there. So anyway, I'm going to say fantasy, <laughs> and I'm going to say this. If it is found that he broke protocol in an egregious way, then, and yeah, I, I think that that is on the table. But unless unless it's something egregious where he really broke it, then no. I'm not, and then I'm, I'm again, you're exactly right. How can you tell a, a guy not to celebrate with his teammates? Can't do that. Not celebrate, excuse yeah. me. Okay, finally, Halloween's coming up Saturday night, Joe. Now, you have two young kids. I have one mm-hmm. very young and one a little bit older. So not you know, my older one not as into the Halloween costume wearing, but still enjoys a good Halloween party like the rest of us. Fantasy or reality, adults, Joe Pizapia will wear a <laughs> Halloween costume on Saturday night. Is that fantasy or reality? I think we know the answer to this question, Craig Mish. I am going to be Thanos, the most dangerous man in the universe. The costume has already come. It's right here. And when I snap my fingers, only one host will still be remaining. Now, I know you don't get many of these references, and that's basically because... Yeah, there you go. See, it worked. See, all of a sudden it worked. But I know Craig doesn't get many of these references because he hasn't watched the Marvel movies, but my kids are going to be Marvel characters. Last year, one of them was Captain Marvel, so I was Nick Fury, and uh, I was cool with my leather jacket, but this year I am Thanos, one of my bald heroes and icons. So, reality. I'm in the reality of this network. And you tell me, Craig Mish, on Halloween, will you be dressing up with your children? Very well done there, Joe. I'll give you a lot of credit for that one. Uh, willing to go out there on a limb. Um, last year, I was a uh, roller coaster. Uh, me and my son, we were together. And uh, he was the front of the roller coaster and I was the back. And uh, I'm not as prepared uh, as you are here on the show. So good job by you. I, I don't have the answer this year. I'm going to guess the answer is no. I'm sadly, I'm going to, I'm not going to be able to be up to your standards on, on that, but that looks great. Well, man. do you know I mean, why? can you just wear that in time? I can wear this. I, you know what, what I should do is I should get the glove and we should do a segment where I eliminate players. Perhaps I should do that. Well, why have we not been doing this for a whole year? Well, we wanted to wait and hold some things for when baseball season was over, and I wanted to spring this on you, and it seemed like well, this we're was 100% the doing it. Forward. We're 100% doing a Thanos segment where I will snap my fingers, and this is what will happen. But it's been a very rough year for the kids, and they said, will you dress up with us? And I said yes, because I'm a good daddy, and that's what good daddies do. And it's funny because I'm not usually a big Halloween guy. But there's only so many Halloweens left where the kids want to get dressed up. So you say yes, and you give them a laugh. And then you show up at your parents' house with your children and say, Grandma, Grandpa, look, trick or treat. Here is a big family of Marvel characters for you. So yes, we will do more Thanos things here, and I will wear my glove, and I will eliminate players in fantasy going forward. But only after Halloween. After Halloween. All right. You've, you've, set, you've set the bar very high with that performance there. Uh, Joe Pizapia, the former actor. This is actor. what I do. Very good. I, I listen. I, honestly, I thought you were going to say you were going as Kareem Hunt, and we were going to just move on. So this is a v- very much that was above the backup that. costume. It did not come. It was on back order from the Amazon. Yes, it's going it to take a month to get. Like very difficult okay. times. Yes, it's on the back order like Nick Chubb. Okay, we will uh, take a break here on the show. I think we all need it. We'll come back with the Sports Grid sixty. 
maybe we'll bring Thanos back in the future. Uh, I, I probably should watch some of these movies so I could have some, uh, reference on that. Uh, so we'll be right back. See if Joe snaps his fingers. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today with the Major League Baseball season ending. We're shifting some of our focus to the breakdancing championships. Actually true. We'll have a preview of them coming up tomorrow here on Fantasy Sports Today. But before we get to tomorrow, we got to wrap up today. So let's turn it over to Thanos <clears throat> for the Sports Grid 60. Thanos? <laughs> it's just my regular face, just for now. We'll see. Uh, but look, everyone's giving Kevin Cash way too much grief right now. This guy is a great manager. Look at what Kevin Cash has done. And I don't want to say with nothing, but with very little compared to what everyone else is working with. And I don't mean talent. I don't mean heart. I mean payroll. Let's be honest. What Kevin Cash gets out of this roster and his budget is astounding. If he was a FanDuel entry, he would be winning millions of dollars every week. That's how good this dude is at what he does. And he manages by the books and the stats. And that's what got them to the World Series. If you're going to win the World Series, you got to score more than a run. You're not going to win games one nothing in the World Series. No, not in 2020. Offense has got to show up. And look, the Rays should look at this team and say, hey, maybe if we do spend a little bit more, maybe we can get back there and maybe with some better results. But enough of hanging out Kevin Cash to dry. The dude is a great manager. He's a winner. And he did a phenomenal job in a very difficult situation with a team that, let's be honest, is the bargain basement dollar store in terms of baseball. Yeah, and if Kevin Cash was let go, there would be uh, 20 other spots for sure that uh, <laughs> another man would be gone and Kevin Cash would be hired in a heartbeat and they'd say, teach us everything you know and do it here. Exactly. And if you lose in game six, it's okay. You could pull the pitcher. So, look, he's done a great <laughs> job there. Uh, look, also, great job in the end. Look, I, I know we all wanted 80 games or 90 games or 100 games. And, and, and look, that's part of the conversation. It could have happened if, if, if the players and the owners would have got together sooner. But that's the only stain on this 2020 season. It was tough. Uh, players got through COVID, Cardinals, Marlins, outbreaks all over the place. But in the end, uh, they put together a really good product. And I don't think anybody will look back and be disappointed in the season. I don't think there'll be an asterisk on this season. And so congratulations to everybody for getting that thing done. Of course, we'll continue to talk baseball here on the show. Thanks again to our folks at LTN. Of course, uh, for Brett and Danny and for my co-host Joe Pizapia. I'm Craig Mitch. I will catch you along with Joe tomorrow right here on Fantasy Sports Today. Have a great rest of your Wednesday. Talk to you next.